we need to talk about investing. A beginner investor podcast from Charles Stanley. Welcome back to We Need to Talk About Investing. I'm Erica White. The holiday season is upon us and the year is coming to an end. Some people may be relieved to hear that 2022 is almost behind us. So it does seem like the ideal time to reflect back on the past year when it comes to investments and personal finance. So like, what actually happened? What can we take away from what we've seen? And how will it all affect the way that 2023 is shaping up? Today, I'm joined by Graham Austin, Investment Director here at CS, as well as familiar voice Rob Morgan, Chief Analyst of CSD, here to make sense of it all. Graham and Rob, thank you guys both so much for being here. How's it going? Thanks for having us. Yeah, very well. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Erica. Yeah, good to be here again. Let's dive right into these questions. I'm going to start with you, Rob. How would you characterize 2022? What do you have to say about that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a pretty grim year. We've had sky-high inflation, escalating energy prices, and a, a cost-of-living challenge that's uh, that, that's hit everyone. Um, we've also got fears of recession around the corner as well, and that's uh, you know rocked uh, rocked markets. So I think investors probably glad to see the back of 2022, and you know ultimately we're looking forward to the new year for hopefully better times. I mean. I suppose inflation has been the big story, real unwelcome return, and, and and central banks who previously were relaxed about inflation being a, a transitory phenomenon have had to spring quite belatedly into action, and they've lifted interest rates now in, in big chunks, which has caused issues for people and for businesses who have, uh, are now paying more on, the, on their debt. And of course, that's had a huge impact on us that prices as well. So the, the higher inflation and interest rates are, the greater return investors demand on, on their assets, which implies they, they have to be cheaper to buy. So that's that's the number one factor that's been weighing on markets this year. And it's led to, you know, some some, some pretty hefty falls, I would say, across both bonds and equity markets. There hasn't been many places to hide. So if you've been invested in certainly sort of growth and technology stocks, you've been you, you've been really at the sharp end of the falls. So NASDAQ down in around 25% in US dollar terms, S&P 500, the broader index down by about 15%. Sterling investors will have had a, a sort of cushion to that fall because uh, because the US dollar has been strong. FTSE 100 more resilient. So UK stocks actually um, slightly up year to date. So, but anyway, bright spots relatively few and far between beyond the sort of energy sector, infrastructure, and uh, a couple of emerging markets. Graham, how would you characterize 2022? From an investment yeah. standpoint, I think it's been anything but a but a vintage year. I, I would draw contrast with 2020, which you know is, is still in recent memory. But you know, with COVID, it was very sort of V-shaped, a very sharp fall in markets, and a, um, in hindsight, a very rapid recovery. This year feels as though it's just been a sort of steady march down over a number of months, and I can't remember a year that's been characterized by so many things being thrown at investors you know you've had all of the the aspects rob's talked about but you also had ukraine at the early part of the year which clearly hasn't gone away as an issue and we expect that to to be a very long-standing one unfortunately we've also had a stuttering china that are dealing with the fallout of covid and continued impact of that so Yes, all of that combined has has given investors lots to think about and clearly impacted market returns across a load of uh, lots of asset classes. And 
your traditional 60-40 portfolio of equities and, and bonds has, has you know really struggled so as Rob says there's been a few places to hide this year and we're looking forward to to seeing the back of this year. So let's talk about performance what has performed well and what has performed not so well Graham I'm going to leave it to you to kick this off. So I think there's been few places that have been uh, delivering strong returns there are a few sectors that have been more resilient so if you've been invested in energy traditionally en energy stocks such as oil and gas names you know they have held up better and delivered positive returns given the the energy inflation that we've seen linked to ukraine and i think also more broadly government spending is defense so traditional defense but also cyber uh, sectors have done better this year uh, in combination with energy and we have seen healthcare and some of your more traditional consumer names hold up better um, which is good to see because you know we do blend lots of these sectors and names within portfolios for clients and it's helpful to see that they're they're delivering on what they're meant to do they're really you know there's a long list of assets that have not not done well this year you know and it's been mainly your your traditional longer duration, what we call longer duration assets. So things that are very linked to interest rates. So areas like that would be technology in the US. Rob mentioned the NASDAQ has been very weak this year uh, and linked to that crypto. It's not an area that we invest in for clients, but you know that over many years has been a, an area that investors have, have talked about and wanted to know more, but that has, has had a very difficult and challenging time. Lastly, I would say emerging markets in Asia and really the story there has been China struggling with the fallout of COVID and supply issues in that part of the world. So they have been the, the main areas of concern. Anything to add to that, Rob? What performed well and what performed not so well in 2022? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, if, you, if you'd had the foresight to buy sort of energy stocks, you would have done done quite well. Anything with a sort of more value tilt than, than than growth would have been a um a, a good place to be and anything with sort of you know dividends uh it, it, providing sort of that that ballast of an income return and not relying simply on capital growth for your return will have will have helped bolster your portfolios but it has been remarkably difficult and you know as graham said the sort of traditional 60 40 portfolio between shares and bonds um, is been hit on both sides, and there hasn't really been been any sort of natural safe haven. And even if you were to have gone into to cash, you know, you would have lost money in real terms against what what, what inflation has has done, which has obviously risen into into double digits as the year has has gone on. So, incredibly difficult, but it does set the stage, I think, for you know a better period, you know, going into twenty twenty three. Politics is something that played a major part this past year that we saw and heard a lot of. How did political change affect things, Rob? Yeah, it seems we we had a sort of never-ending stream of political change totally. in, the, in the UK. Um, and it sort of seems to have calmed down a little bit now, and uh, thankfully. Um, I mean, the most significant event really was the the, the of October mini budget, where that the the, the sort of short-lived reign of Chancellor Quasi uh, Kwarteng, where his you know rather loose fiscal plan spooked the markets and and sent bond yields soaring, uh, and 
uh, the ten-year gilt, for instance, hits it's sort of four and a half percent at one point. And that that what that meant really for for lots of people was it sparked a bit of a crisis. So borrowing costs um, escalated. There were knock-on impacts for for pension funds with their derivative strategies, and that that turmoil really, although it was short-lived, was quite scary. And you know the, the, that order was restored, so yields have come back down, and thankfully, sort of mortgage borrowing costs have returned to a lower level as well for people off the back of that. But you know that was a sort of uh, reminder, really, that you know the the market can, you know, have a massive influence on people's daily lives and and costs costs of living, costs of borrowing. So you know that was a that was a really um, you know, seismic event, really. And and it did add to, obviously, the yields on, on bonds. And, and, you know, going forward, we th- we still think there's some, some decent opportunity there. But I suppose the other angle to it is with Chancellor Hunt taking the rein. Well, we always harp on about using tax shelters of ICES and pensions. And the uh, November statement that Mr. Hunt uh, came out with was quite uh, quite significant in regard to uh, personal finances uh, and specifically the freezing of many thresholds so the income tax um, threshold frozen for longer uh, and allowances cut like the capital gains tax allowance and the and the dividend allowance so you know that's that's another way in which politics has influenced investing this year and that will start to happen from next tax year but it's it's wise that people sort of plan ahead for those things happening. Somebody told me when trying to explain the stock market to me that the stock market is kind of like the combination of people's hopes and fears. And I definitely think that we saw that to be the case as the political agenda unfolded over this past year. We were really able to see what people thought the way that the stock market was responding to politics, which I found to be really fascinating. Graham, did you have anything to add on the way that the politics affected the stock market this year? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, two very good areas to really underline that point would be the currency and the the government bond market. So sterling uh, during the late latter part of September touched 106 against the dollar and it's recovered to 123 at the the time of of speaking. So you can really see quite a rapid uh, appreciation of of sterling against the dollar. And that really speaks to the, the activities of you know, Jeremy Hunt and fiscal credibility. The, the other aspect will be on the government bond market. So looking at the UK 10-year government bond, that touched a high in terms of yield of four and a half. And we're now back at 3.27. So, you know, a huge move in a very short period of time where the government has really stepped in and tried to shore things up. And ultimately, that's restored confidence in the in the fixed income market and in the currency. I think the last point on that would be something that's traditionally a little bit more UK linked is that we do import a lot of our energy and a lot of our food. And that could mean with sterling being so weak that inflation is more prevalent in the UK as against somewhere like the US, which is a bit more independent on both of those areas. Absolutely. How are things shaping up for 2023? What do you guys think? I'm going to uh, start with Graham here. What do you think? I, I think, as as Rob highlighted, we are more constructive on 2023 as opposed to uh, looking back on 2022. We do think that, and there are signs that inflation has started to peak. The recent prints this week have shown that it is starting to come down, albeit 
there are certain elements that are pretty sticky, such as food is still very high. So we do think the inference of that is that interest rates perhaps don't need to rise uh, much further from current levels. We've seen the Bank of England today do, as expected, going up by half a percent. It's likely that central banks start to slow that or indeed pause as we look to 2023. And we do think that that should underpin markets uh, and give us more certainty on which to build. We do think, though, that, you know, the next 12 months remain a volatile period. And as the focus shifts from inflation and interest rates, we're going to start to look more at earnings potential of, of different companies, different sectors. And really, the broader question is, are we going to enter a deep recession and is growth going to be challenged? And, and really, then the conversation moves on to what the central banks do with interest rates. Do they start to cut to try and stimulate things if we are in a recession? So where are we focusing at the moment? With a very difficult year, we think there's some value to be had in fixed income. So we've started to dial that up in portfolios, adding a little bit of longer dated bonds, having been very short, short dated um, in the interest rate increases. We also think there's a lot of quality companies that have been sort of thrown out with the bathwater, if you like, that have very good balance sheets, very good growth prospects, and their share prices are at levels we haven't seen in a while. So lots of opportunities that we're seeing there. And also, lastly, I think in, in the investment trust space, there are lots of trusts that are very well managed with good track records that are on, if you're looking long term, very attractive discounts. So uh, selective real estate investment trusts and also in infrastructure. That's an area that we're looking at for clients at the moment, too. Rob, how do you think things are shaping up for 2023? What's your outlook? Yeah, I, I think it's important to remember that markets look ahead. And 2023, I think, will be a year when the headlines are grim. It feels pretty grim. And we've got, you know, a recession, possibly quite a deep recession. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad for markets. And, and so markets have already anticipated some, some quite grim economic news. So as we progress through the year and assuming that central banks can ease off the um, interest rate rises. You know, we should start to see some hopefully better performance from assets. And when things are clearer, investors can have more confidence. So uh, don't give up on bonds because I think uh, you know, the worry is that people have sort of given up because you've seen some very hefty falls, particularly amongst sort of government bonds uh, in longer dated, in most particularly. And if you're constructing a diverse portfolio, it's easy to sort of say, OK, well, you know, that hasn't worked and, and ditch, you know, part of the portfolio that hasn't hasn't really worked for you. But, you know, that's going to be really important going forwards to have that that diversification, because what bonds will give you now, now they're more realistically priced for the environment we see going forward is that they'll start to protect you against recessionary risks. So recession being worse than widely expected. And if everything isn't quite as rosy as people think, then you'll have something that's working in your favour a little bit because interest rates are likely to come down a little bit faster in that scenario. And the fixed income that bonds provide will look more attractive. So they should start to 
reassert themselves as a source of diversification for investors uh, and be a good foil to to equities where you know there's opportunities too there's lots of good uh, exciting structural trends that that companies can benefit from the green revolution um, and digitalization do continue and um, let's not forget that you know there's plenty of room to be to be optimistic for next year i think we have an upcoming webinar for people who want to be learning more. Uh, Rob, do you want to talk us through what they can be expecting for this upcoming webinar in January? Yeah, indeed. So we've got yeah, a webinar coming up. It's on the 12th of, uh, of January, and that will feature, well, a brief look back on 2022, but more importantly, a look forward with uh, myself, um, our bomb specialist, uh, Ollie, and uh, our fund manager, uh, Chris and we'll be uh, taking a look at 2022 and what that means going forwards and, and the opportunities that are in the market. And Chris will also tell us you know, what he's been doing in the uh, multi-asset fund portfolios as well. People can find out more information about that on our events page. We'll have uh, information all signposted there. Graham and Rob, thank you guys both so much for all your expertise here today. That was very, very enlightening. We need to talk about investing. Thank you all so much for listening to yet another episode of We Need to Talk About Investing. If you liked what you heard or if you learned something here today, please go ahead and like, share, comment, subscribe, engage with us any way that you want. You guys know the drill. Thank you all so much again. We'll see you all next time. A beginner investor podcast from Charles Stanley. The value of investments can fall as well as rise. Investors may get back less than invested. Past performance is not a reliable guide to the future.